But it can't be fake, it has to be real. So you have to work on yourself and realize that our Kishbuch who loves us is doing the best for us, even the soon to come. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Avrocha. As we are very rapidly approaching the very critical day of Rosh Hashanah, the day of judgment, I would like to share with you something I put together based on what I saw brought down by Sif Teichayim, Rav Friedlander Zatzal, and the Magid Mimezlich and others. I want to put together for you something that I think is a game changer about how to perceive what Rosh Hashanah is all about and hopefully it'll help us prepare for Rosh Hashanah in a better way. As I usually try to do, I will start off with some basic questions that I think this concept answers. Question number one, we all know the famous question, isn't it fitting that Rosh Hashanah should be only after Yom Kippur? Why? Because Yom Kippur is all about tshuva. Let us do tshuva, clear all the averas we have, the sins, and hence you go into Yom Adin and we have a way better chance of that we'll do well in uh, the Judgment Day. So why is the Judgment Day before the Day of Repentance, the Day of uh, Yom Kippur? We know He wants for the best for us. The other question is, if we're being judged every year about everything that we did in the previous year, so how is there room to have another, another Judgment Day when we go to Olam Abba after a person passes away? How We all know there's the, that's the big Judgment Day. How is there room for such a thing? We're being judged every year. So what are you going to tell me? It's only on the leftover because he died in the middle of the year? What about people that die in Rosh Hashanah? They have no din because the din was already done in this world? What's going on? The other question is, if we're really being judged based on everything we did in the previous year, it would be way more fitting to have Judgment Day at the last day of the year and not the first day of the new year. Just like a company, when they try, try to figure out what happened, then they do a summary of the year. Let's see what happened. Is it worth to have this worker? Should we invest in this, etc.? Why are we doing it? Yom Adin, the Judgment Day on the first day of the new year. As well, a very basic question is if the major theme over here on Rosh Hashanah is Judgment Day, Yom Hadin, how come that's not referenced anywhere in the Psukim in the Torah? The only thing we have is Zichon Tua, the idea of the Shoifah. Why is there no mention of Yom Hadin? Only the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah do, does drashas and teaches us that it's the Day of Judgment. But why isn't it black on cream on the, in the Sefer Torah? And last question for now is we know that the Gemara Rosh Hashanah tells us we're being judged based on the day of Rosh Hashanah, how we are that day, Ba'asher Usham. Now, that's a bit of a pele, especially when you know that it makes sense that we're not going to be judged based on the future. Just like a Buhu said when the angels told the Buhu, why aren't you killing Ishmael? Let him die of thirst. And the Buhu said, no, he is not well deserving of dying right now. Yes, in the future, he might do things that are well deserving of being killed, but not right now. And I'm judging him based on where he is holding right now, Ba'asher Usham. However, the bigger Chiddush is that there's a Gemara in Yerushalmi that Rabbeinu Hananel brings down in the Gemara Bavli in Rosh Hashanah and says that you're also not going to be directly judged based on what you did in the previous year, but rather only on Rosh Hashanah. Now, how does that make sense? Of course, I should be judged on what I did in the previous year. It's me that did those actions, those sins I did. So why am I not being judged on them? How does that make sense? To answer these questions and more, I would like to share with you a concept that is a game-changing concept. And hopefully it will help us prepare for Rosh Hashanah in a better way. And that is, first of all, the whole idea of Yom Adin, of Din, of to have Din, judgment, Din is only required as a Hechitimsi, as a means to ensure there is Malchus in the world, that we accept upon ourselves Malchus, 
of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is king. Now Malchus doesn't just mean that you realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, because that is not a feeling that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to have. That's just a feeling of fear. And a dictator, that's a moishel, a dictatorship is someone that can forcefully say, I'm ruling over you guys. And maybe that's good enough for the goyim. As it says, umoishel bagoyim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a, dict- a dictator, ba- dictatorship over here, over the goyim. But over the Yidins, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to work on ourselves and realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants the best for us. And hence, He wants us to, He wants to govern over us, but in a tzura of a melech, malchus. What does malchus mean? Malchus means, en melech beloam. You can't have a true king without a nation. The nation has to want the king. If not, they can rebel. And hence, HaKadosh Baruch wants us to us to realize that HaKadosh Baruch only wants the best for us. And if you have a king that you know, that you blindly trust, and he only wants the best for you, you're going to have love towards that king. You're going to willingly accept him. As we know, we're Mekabel, Machut Shamaim, every day. When? When we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, then we say, Baruch Shem Kvoid Malchus Oilo Ilam Vaed, Malchus. And right after, what do we have? What's the first word in Shema? Ve'ahavta es Hashem Elokecha. Loving is a ripple effect, it's a toitza, it's a result of truly understanding and living the idea that Hashem is a true king, a true melech over us that does the best for us. And of course, when a person sins at that moment, he's not holding strong when it comes to this idea of Hashem's melech. Because if Hashem's melech and you really believe in that, and you know that Hashem does the best for us, how can you go against the rule book of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Don't you know it's for your best? Don't you know he's doing it for you to have tzedah that you'll be able to have eternal life through those Torah and mitzvahs and the lack of averas? So how can you do an avera? At some point, that means in some place, you're right now doing a merit in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're rebelling against the concept of Malchus. And hence, din needs to come into play. Judgment, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to do things that will strain you out. Let's open the big brackets over here and say, Like the Gaman Baruch Hu says, that why is there thunder in the world? To straighten you out. To ensure you go back in the right path. The same is true about Isurim, a similar idea. Not Isurim Shalava, but when a person goes through troubled times, which are obviously set up by HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the best. Why are they there? It's bad. It seems to be something bad. The answer is to straighten you out. And a person that has his head on his shoulders and knows what life is all about, does Cheshbon Nefesh, and tries to figure out, wait, why did this thing happen to me? Oh, I have to work on this thing to become better. And big tzaddikim were known to do this. When they had some sort of a sickness, they only went to the doctor mainly to understand, or in parallel, to understand where is the root cause of the sickness. And then they understood, oh, that's mapped against this mitzvah. As we know, Ramach Evarim, 248 limbs, are again uh, are connected the 248 mitzvahs and then also there's the averas ramach evarim gidim against the shin samichay which is 365 averas and each one corresponds to something else and on that note and that's why I said big brackets there's the modica story I want to share with you and blinad I'll also send an attachment of the article that has to do with a good friend of mine Rabbi Israel Wilk. And the story was as follows. I'll say it really short and you can read the story to get more details. But there's a, there was a very, very, very good basketball player that almost made it into the NBA. But then he started having back pains. And somehow he came across to my friend Rabbi Stra Wilk that gives some shirim over. And one of his Talmidim said to him, Oh, 
At the last second, without giving him heads up, he said, Oh, I really want to bring over another friend of mine. He's now starting to become religious. If you don't mind, he's a professional basketball player. He plays over here for a team, for Maccabi Ashdod. And is it okay with you that I bring him? So my friend, Rabbi Israel Wilk, thought about it for a couple of minutes. He goes, sure. He didn't get enough heads up. It was a mamish a couple of minutes before the shir. In any case, he brought him in. Through that, he had a connection with him. One day, he came to his house and he said, Rabbi, I want to speak to you about something. I don't know if you know or not, but I'm a professional basketball player. I almost made it into the NBA and the, by the Philadelphia 76ers. And, but I started having major back pain and there's no way anyone was going to take me in the NBA at least. But still, I was considered a very good ball player. And hence, I decided to go to some European league. And at the end of the day, I decided to, if I already go to Europe, I might as well go to Israel. I'm Jewish. I might as well play for an Israeli team. So he started playing for, I think it was Apoel Chulon. The details are in the article. I don't remember exactly. And then eventually he went to Maccabi Ashdod. So my friend, Rabbi Israel Wilk said, okay, what is that? Why are you coming to me? Well, what, do you, what, do you, what, what do you want to tell me? So he said, I don't know what to do because they're, I'm, trying, I'm starting to become religious and I have to break Shabbos in order to go to the games because you have to go to the practice before the game starts and that's already in Shabbos. And if not, I breach my contract and I can't get any money and it's going to majorly affect me. And the story went on and on and he started having a relationship with this person. They came to, he came to visit them a lot and his family started liking him. They saw how he was growing and hence it became more hurtful to them. How can he not keep Shabbos? And Rabbi Israel Wilk really tried to help him. Maybe we can work on how you you do the best, even though you go to the practices. Maybe you, of course, that's not what Hakadosh Baruch wants you to do: play basketball on Shabbos. But on the other hand, we can minimize the averes you do on Shabbos. Maybe you won't do any averes deraisa, etc., etc. And then one day he gets an email from him. He says, "Maybe you can help me." Once he taught me that there's some correlation, and this is what has to do with us. There's some correlation between every limb and every mitzvah or aveira. Please, can you tell me what the back, the back, I have back pain. Can you tell me what, maybe I know which mitzvah I can work on and my back pain will go away? So Rabbi Israel Wilk said, listen, it's true there is such a concept, but I haven't find, found any writings that really maps everything out. Then he spoke to all his colleagues, his friends, and finally someone suddenly said, wait a second, I think there is a safer. I don't remember off mind what it's called, but you'll see in the article, I think Pri Yitzchak, and he maps it out. And he told him, oh, I found this safer and I can help you out and tell you what it's mapped to. But he never heard back from him again on that note. And he didn't want to push. The story continues that he was doing, he was flourishing in the leagues over here in Israel and he even won the three-point competition. And then he told Rav Wilk, he said, listen, that's it. Now all the teams want me. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sign a contract again with this team, Maccabi Ashdod, unless they let me come later so I don't break Shabbos. And my friend said, and what if not, what if not? And he keeps saying, oh, work it out, work it out, find another team. Long story short, a week later, he broke a bone in his hand and hence he couldn't play to the rest of the season. So he thought maybe now Rav Wilk was happy because he said, maybe now you won't have to come because anyways, you can't play. No, no, it's still called a breach of contract. The story goes on and on. But the very interesting thing was that my friend Rabbi Israel Wilk suddenly decided, wait a second, wait a second, he broke. So as I was saying, and if not, I'm saying it now, in one game suddenly he broke one bone. I think it's called 
I'm not sure, the third metatarsal something, a third bone in his hand. And he told himself, look, yeah, I broke this bone and hence I can't play now to the end of the season, but they still make me come to the practices or else I breach my contract. At the end, they let him go on that. But that's not the point. The point is that my friend Rizal Wilk on his own suddenly decided, let me check in a safer pre-Yitzchak. What is it mapped against this bone? And he could not believe it himself. It is precisely mapped corresponds to this mitzvah of Shabbos, but which one? To rest on Shabbos and not to do melacha, which is exactly what this person was doing. And he felt so bad and he, Mamish, he saw the Ashkacha Pratis, how Kaddish Buhu is running the world. And since then, he, Mamish became a Ben Aliyah. And you can look at the article for more details. Now we can close these brackets, but we see that just like Hisulim come to ensure that a person goes in the right path, in Avodah Hashem. So too, I want to suggest that Mida Sadin comes to the world to ensure that you'll accept upon yourself Malchus. And hence, if you voluntarily bring yourself to a point that you accept the Malchus of HaKadosh Bochu, and hence you'll come to the automatic result, ripple effect of loving HaKadosh Bochu, there won't be need for Din. That already answers the question. Why Judgment Day, even though it is an idea of judgment, but it's not Midas Adin written in the Torah. Why? Because it's only a means. What's the end over here? To accept the Malchus. And that's why we know the Shofar represents Malchus. The Shofar is anointing a king. And that is what the day is all about. Everything is Melech, Hashem Melech. Everything is about Malchus. The Shofar is just a Hechi Timtzit. To, we're anointing the king. And that is what the day is all about. Also, all the Piyutim are about that. Ad When you have a Malchus, royalty, and you have a whole palace. The whole idea is about you want to see, okay, every year you have to see what is the tafkid, what is the job every person should have. Now, HaKadosh Buhu, what he does on this day on Rosh Hashanah, he does not directly judge you on what happened in the previous year. Of course, HaKadosh Buhu is a judge on all judges and he's going to have to take that into account if a person gets reward or punishes or punishment based on what he did in the previous year. But that's another system. Right now on Rosh Hashanah to decide how the future year is going to be, that's the main judgment over here. And what is that judgment based on? Mainly on the acceptance of Malchus of HaKadosh Buhu. And that is what Ba'asher Husham. HaKadosh Buhu is looking into your heart, and deciding, ah, one out of 10, how much is this Yid accepting and loving me? Because he realizes I want the best for him and is accepting the Malchus, if it's 9.8, he's going to have a great year. Of course, there's still a degree of flexibility, but we won't talk about that today. But he's going into the realm that's going to be an amazing year because he accepted Malchus. And based on that, I want him to have an amazing job. He'll have great job security for the next coming year. He's going to have Kalim tools to do Ratzon Hashem in an amazing way, as opposed to someone, Chas V'Shalom, that doesn't. And hence, it is imperative, based on what we're saying, to accept the Malchus on this day. But it can't be fake. It has to be real. So you have to work on yourself and realize that our Kosh loves us. He's doing the best for us. Even the Yisurim that come are all for the best. And the person that lives this idea will be an amazing year. But you have to really live this idea and think about it when the shofar is blowing because that's what you're doing. Just like Kaddish Buhu created the world in this day, we're reinstituting the idea a Kaddish Buhu's Melech. Not a Moishel, maybe Moishel Bagoim, Melech. Melech is someone that we're accepting upon ourselves that he's the king because we know a Kaddish Buhu wants the best for us. Ah, what about all the Averis we did? So first of all, there is a common denominator between all the sins a person does. And that common denominator is called 
On a certain level, you're rebelling in a Kaddish Buhu. Because why do you do the Avira? It's against the rule book. Okay, Yad Yetzirah and everything. So now that you're accepting yourself, accepting upon yourself the Malchus of HaKadosh Buhu, you're rectifying that. Because you're showing, yeah, I regret that. I am accepting the Malchus. And HaKadosh Buhu sees that. And hence, maybe indirectly, HaKadosh Buhu checks, wait a second, all those things he did right now, would he do those? Right now, in Rosh Hashanah. Doesn't matter what's going to happen tomorrow or in two days after Rosh Hashanah. It doesn't matter. Right now, I can see he's a changed person because he's accepting his malchus. That's all I care about. And hence, he will have a good year. Ah, what about all the averas hanging above his hair, <laughs> above his head? Those averas, of course, they have to be taken into account. But Baruch Hashem, HaKadosh Buhu loves us and he created out of huge chesed the idea of Yom Kippur and Tshuva. And there's an Opportunity for us to press the clear button on many Averas. Unfortunately, there's some Averas that are so bad that even Yom Kippur is not Mechaper. An example has been Adam Mechaper. But those will stay as a remainder on our heads. And you know, if you look in the Rambam, it also says all kinds of Averas that Yom Kippur can't Mechaper. Or it's Mechaper, but it's, doesn't, it's not enough to cleanse your sins. But the final cleansing will happen when a person dies and maybe... A little bit will we have to, unfortunately, left over after a person dies, before he goes into Olam Abba. And that's why, of course, there's room for the big judgment day, because there's a lot of times going to be left over. And we'll have to take into account, HaKadosh Buhu will take into account like he does, because HaKadosh Buhu is uh, the judge of all judges. Everything is being taken into account. But this way, this whole Mahalach comes out that there's two different systems. HaKadosh Buhu loves us and he gives us stations during the year that we can do tshuva. And one of them is Yom Kippur. Aside from that, we also have the Judgment Day, which is a day that we have to re-anoint HaKadosh Buhu as King. And it's our opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's an amazing opportunity. People look at Rosh Hashanah being scared. It's true, there is that element, but it's way more than that. Being scared makes HaKadosh Buhu like a dictatorship, like a Moishel, but that's not what we want. The day is all about Malchus. We want to willingly accept HaKadosh Buhu as a king. It's amazing we have such a king that just wants the best for us. And a person that really works on himself and accepts HaKadosh Buhu as a king on the days of Rosh Hashanah, that and only that is what HaKadosh Buhu bases the next year. Yes, he's taking into consideration what happened in the previous years, but that's just a mechanism of seeing based on how much Malchus Shamaim we took upon ourselves. Are we going to do those sins? No, he's a totally changed person. I can see already. Where we do have to do tshuva still on those sins, of course, and we can already start. This is the time doing tshuva, and the epitome of that is Yom Kippur. This answers many other questions, but we'll end up with this idea that Be'emet, a person, should take into consideration how important it is to willingly accept the Malchus of Hashem, which is what this day is all about. You'll see how many times you see Melech in the Tfilas, in the Davning, in the Piyutim, and we answer all our questions. That's why Yom Adin is not written, Mamash Mefurash, in the Torah. That's why it makes sense it doesn't hurt us that Rosh Hashanah is before Yom Kippur. Because first we have to accept the Malchus. And the whole judgment is now based on directly on our Avelas. So we don't need to do repentance on that. That will happen in Yom Kippur. It's very important. But not to judge. The judgment is based on how much Omachut Shamaim we took upon ourselves. Which makes sense for two perspectives. One, because it shows that we regret what we did. Because that's rebellion in the Kodesh Buhu, the fact that we're able to do Navira. And two, because that's what a Kodesh Buhu bases are on today. Today that HaKadosh Buhu created the world, he became a Melech on that day. Now we're reinstituting that fact. 
Yes, where everything is based on now, not the past, not the future. How much Machu Shamaim we took upon ourselves right now. And Yom Adin, the big judgment day, yes, we've said, there's always leftovers that we still have to do Cheshman with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do Cheshman to see what we deserve. But Baruch Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us and He gives the opportunity to do Tshuva every, every Yom Kippur. And the Misa itself, that process in itself, has a lot of atonement. And hence, HaKol... By this idea of accepting the Malchus HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we can't wait already. That'll be evident to everyone that you are in charge and we knew you'd do the best for us. Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website, prismoftorah.com where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every Torah. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you, Yonavefa, for your recording equipment, produced by Ellie Podcast Productions.